Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, January 17th. Our top story today, two Kent MPs have rebelled against the government in a vote over the Rwanda asylum bill. Gravesend Adam Holloway and South Thanet's Craig McKinley were among 60 Conservatives who backed an amendment to toughen up the legislation. Speaking after yesterday's vote in the Commons, Ashford MP Damien Green says he's confident the bill will be approved. People you know, can take their own choice. Uh, and and vote the way they want. It's you know it's a democratic country, um, but I think that. Uh, the, I think the world will look at a different place in 24 hours' time, and we all get very feverish uh, on nights like this. But, but in the end, I think that the vote will go through. Uh, I think third reading will pass. And I think, so therefore, by this time tomorrow night, uh, the government will look a lot stronger uh, on this issue and will then actually maybe be able to move back into the real world um, and actually make sure that we get it through the House of Lords uh, and it goes onto the statute book. And then maybe we can see some flights get off and we can have Rwanda as a deterrent to uh, the, the criminal gangs who are bringing people across the channel. In the end, this is all about stopping the boats. I mean, we've said that if it, if it breaks international law, uh, then I, I wouldn't vote for it, nor would, nor would very many uh, of my colleagues. But I don't think that will happen. And, and, and it shouldn't happen for the very practical reason that the Rwandans have said that they are not going to take part in the scheme if it breaks international law. So passing legislation that did that would make sure that the legislation was pointless. So to, to those of my colleagues who say we're strengthening the legislation, no, they're not. They're weakening it. They're, they're rendering it pointless. And so uh, I think that the, and the government gets that, and, and that's why I think the government won't accept uh, well, haven't accepted uh, any of the amendments that have been put forward to do that. Another vote on the overall policy will take place today. Kent Online News. Photos have been released showing the moment a man tried to smuggle a woman from Vietnam into Kent by cramming her into the dashboard of his car. The Slovakian national was stopped by Border Force officers at the entrance to the Channel Tunnel in France in June of 2022. The 33-year-old has been sentenced at Canterbury Crown Court. We've shared the images on socials. A teenager's been locked up for more than 18 years after stabbing a homeless man in Gravesend. 19-year-old Tyler Lecoq from Taunton Vale has been found guilty of attempted murder after it happened in an alleyway in January last year. A 16-year-old boy and 40-year-old man have also been sentenced for their involvement. The RSPCA are investigating reports of animal cruelty in Gravesend. Footage has emerged which appears to show a man beating his Labrador with a ball thrower in St Aidan's Park last Tuesday. Any witnesses are urged to come forward. A man is due to appear in court accused of assaulting two police officers in Margate. They'd been called to reports of a disturbance in Cecil Square on Sunday afternoon. A 40-year-old who doesn't have a permanent address is charged with harassment and attempted criminal damage. Kent Online News. Now, this has been one of our most viewed stories today. A man has been banned from Asda in Sittingbourne after running down a closed travelator. Andrew Oliver had popped at the store in December but had to dash home after his poorly wife called to say she was struggling to breathe. The 68-year-old was faced with a long queue at a lift, so tried to reason with a manager who insisted the travelator had to stay closed because glass had been dropped on it. Andrew Oliver has been speaking to Matt Ramston. So what happened then? What did you say to the manager? Oh, well, before I left there to run down the escalator, um, it was evident he wasn't uh, taken on board what I was saying to him. And in my frustration and my desperation to get out of the store, um, I did verbally abuse, abuse him before I ran down the stairs. 
do you regret that now or would you do it again uh, well if his presentation to me was the same as before then I'd do exactly the same I, I said what I said because he wasn't understanding the gravity of the situation and my desperation to get out of the store to go and tend to my wife who you know, had been in the hospital and I wanted to make sure she was okay. Kent Online has been in touch with store bosses who say banning any customer is always a last resort. However, they simply do not tolerate any abuse directed towards their staff. A toilet block in Sheppey has been closed for a second time after a suspected arson attack. The facilities in Barton's Point opened just months ago and cost £140,000. All six toilets were damaged in the blaze on Saturday afternoon. Investigations are currently underway. And Ashford's school has been forced to close six times in three months because a new air source heat pump keeps failing. It was installed at Kings North Primary over the summer as part of the government plan to help schools cut emissions. But classrooms have been left without heating a number of times since December. Bosses have apologised and say they're working to fix the problem. There are calls for urgent roof repairs at a Kent shopping centre as ceilings have been leaking for over a year. A different company took over management of the new Ash Green precinct last July. Bosses say they're working hard to fix the issue as a top priority. Now, a Kent mum is pushing to see big changes to send education. Lisa Lloyd is from Larkfield. She has two children with autism and although she's happy with their current care provisions, it was a struggle to get there. She's one of the founders of Send Reform England. They've been meeting with MPs across the house in the hopes of influencing change. At the event in Westminster yesterday, Lisa spoke to our colleague Gabriel Morris from KMTV. We've got some documents for the MPs to read through. Um, obviously we want to meet them, build a relationship with them and the main thing is that we would like them to make SEND part of the manifesto um, and we just want them to support SEND and realise that there is a huge, huge problem and obviously it needs fixing. It can't carry on the way it is and they need to listen to the parents. They need to start listening to the experts, the teachers, the SENCOs, the parents, the people that are dealing with this every single day. What do you think? What more would you like to see the government do? Which, what, what reforms would you like to see, particularly from the government? Um, do you know there is so much? <laughs> That's the problem here. You know there, there's so many things of the way it's not working at the moment. There's a huge waste of money. Um, we've put, documented all of this. That some of our proposals that we've got. Um, you know. Even as simple as parenting courses and things like that are a waste of money. The EHCPs are not being met in the right time frame. Um, post 16, they need more support. They're taking transport away at the moment. I could literally talk about this all day. <laughs> um, but you know, there are very reasonable adjustments that could be made throughout mainstream schools at no cost to the local authorities, um, which you know could easily be done if the MPs listen to us. Um, you know, we've got a SEN lawyer that works with us. Um, she knows where a huge waste of money is on the EHCPs going to tribunal, which is usually one in the parents' favour anyway. Um, but the main thing that we want today is for SEN to be in the manifestos. You, you speak to the councillor in charge of send at Ken um, Cancer Council here, say there are too many children going for EHC, or well, too many parents going for EHCPs at the moment. Do you agree with him? Do you think there should be fewer parents going for EHCPs? And if that's the case, what needs to be done in mainstream education? 
Um, I don't agree. I believe that we're understanding disabilities more. Obviously, there's more children getting diagnosed now that we have more understanding about it. And we're understanding that it's not one size fits all in school. Um, you know, there's so many children that have such amazing potential, and without these EHCPs, they simply cannot do well at school, they cannot thrive. Many, many children are out of education because there is not a suitable setting for them, and it's not acceptable. Kent Online News. There are concerns about what could happen to a community centre in Ashford after it was put up for sale. Kings North Recreation Centre is home to Little Acorns Nursery and currently under offer after a company came forward. Our reporter Leanne has been speaking to people who use the community centre. When did you first hear about the sale? Uh, it was purely a throwaway comment from a friend who said that, oh, did I know the, that the hall was um, being sold? And I, I said, no, I had no idea. And I started to look online, couldn't find anything about it. So I started to put on social media. Did anyone know about it? Was anyone aware? And as far as I could see, nobody did know. And uh, I just wrote to Damien Green. I wrote to, uh, I rang the parish council. Um, I just went online generally because I was shocked, because I felt that this building belonged to this area particularly. I mean, obviously used by any area, but, you know, Kings North do use this as a facility. And I thought, well, how, how can the council just sell it without real public debate or notice? Um, I, I did find the notice in the end. It was put on the 30th of November in, in a very small column saying that uh, we could write in by the 14th of December. Obviously, leading up to Christmas, it was really unlikely that anyone was going to write in at that time. Um, and I just felt it needed uh, bringing to people's attention. You know, do we want to lose it as a facility? I heard about it um, very shortly before Christmas, actually, and I was disappointed to see that I'd missed the 14th day uh, period to write to the council and object to this, um, which was very upsetting that this wasn't more publicised at the time by the council, which I think may be a strategic move. And um, obviously it's going, it is going to be sold, it's um, going to be privatised. As what I understand. That, what does that, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel worried because I'm not really sure how this building is still going to be accessible to the community. It may still be that community members can still use the facility, but at what cost? Um, I'm very concerned that the rent may be put up, it may be doubled or even quadrupled, who knows? Um, and, and that will possibly affect the future of the nursery school. Uh, nursery places are at a premium locally, all, all across Ashford, so that is a huge concern for parents locally. To start with, I was I was a bit confused because how can you sell off a public building like a, a community building? It belongs to the community. How can that be sold? It it would be like selling off, you know, a village hall. Except this is a, a parish. It's a concern of mine because my daughter goes to this nursery. There's a lack of nursery spaces right now, and my I would be I would be very concerned if if this fell into private hands because you just don't know what could happen. They could close it down. I mean, if they if they decide that they don't want a nursery here, I mean, it would be devastating for so many parents. What the community needs can't be down to an, a private individual to 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 decide. It should be for the use of the community and the greatest use of the community, including families, the elderly, the people who want to hire the hall for all sorts of reasons. That should be of, of public interest, not, not private decision. Parish councillor Jim Wedgbury is also angry about the sale. If you own the freehold, we would be able to take it on. We believe they should have done an asset transfer. We've got a, a borough council 
who supposedly believes in the public ownership of buildings, yet they are selling this to a private developer or private person. This is very strange. And what do you think about the covenant which says it should be kept within the community use? Does that give you any hope? I've learned a lot about covenants over the years. They're not really worth the paper they're written on. They're never enforced and it's a complete waste of time. So what do you think is going to happen? Are you fearful of the future of this centre? I am very fearful of the future of the centre. Once it's in private hands, anything could happen to it. It should be in public ownership. Um, it was built with 106 agreements, so it was built with taxes, so it should remain in public ownership. I think it's vital that the, um, if they do sell it and we can't keep it in public ownership through the community, that all the money raised should be uh, refunded and ring-fenced for the parish of Kings North and even, if necessary, handed to the parish council so the parish council can build facilities. The council say they did advertise the sale but didn't receive any objections. They add it won't affect the nursery. A Sittingbourne school that used to be rated outstanding has been downgraded again by inspectors. Fulston Manor is said to require improvement after a visit by Ofsted. While behaviour, development, leadership and sixth form provision were found to be good, there were concerns about the quality of education and too much focus on exams. Student accommodation could be built on the site of a former secondary school in Canterbury. The Chaucer on Spring Lane was demolished in 2019, four years after it closed to pupils. Barton Manor School was built on part of the land and now the rest is being sold. A 600-bed facility has been accepted in principle. It comes as plans have been approved to build on the grounds of a former private boarding school in Broadstairs. Permission has been given for five houses at Wellesley House. There had been some objections to the development, with some saying the area is at risk of overdevelopment. Kent Online News. Now, a Kent fuel prices campaigner says the government trial of a price comparison scheme sends a strong message to retailers. Pumpwatch would see suppliers forced to share real-time petrol and diesel prices every 30 minutes. Drivers could then use apps or websites to find the cheapest deal. It's the brainchild of Howard Cox, who says it's a step towards honest pricing. I'm delighted two things. One is that they actually have listened. After eight years of campaigning, this government have finally listened. And they're also calling it Pumpwatch, which is my... My, I actually recommend that they call it that eight years ago. And uh, so, yes, I'm pleased. It's early days. Um, we've, uh, what I hope that this will at last give us fair and transparent and honest pricing at the pumps. But I'm afraid uh, the jury's out to see because it's a voluntary scheme for the uh, uh, participants, the wholesalers, the branded oil companies, etc., to take part. And I just hope they do not uh, sort of uh, ride roughshod over this uh, approach because they can't hide now because this is real-time data and if the if the uh, consultant's process goes well how long do you think it could take to get something uh, up and running good question i'm waiting for that answer myself from the the, the minister but she said that she's going she is hell-bent on trying to get this in place it's, it's going to have some teeth and there's even going to be further legislation later this year um subject to the uh, general election of course uh, with uh, putting the pump watch into process with even sharper teeth. So, yeah, it looks pretty good. I just, it, this is definitely a big shot over the bowels of the uh, fuel supply chain. And to say, look, come on, guys, play fair with us. You make a decent profit, but please stop fleecing drivers. As you say, it's, it's definitely a step in the right direction to getting some sort of healthy competition back in the market. Um, how are drivers, just simply, how will drivers benefit from that? Well, hopefully, the, what we see is the, there's two aspects very much in terms of that's controllable in terms of actually the price of fuel. 
One, of course, is the commercial aspect, which is what we're talking about now, what the, what the private companies charge drivers at the pumps. And the other one, of course, is fuel duty. And we've got a budget coming up on March the 2nd. And uh, so I'm calling for making sure that this particular thing, the pump watch has got teeth, will, be, will give us those transparent, honest and fair pricing. And I'm calling for a significant cut in fuel duty from Jeremy Hunt in about six weeks' time. Now, the Pump Watch scheme, it does rely on consumers uh, looking at the data, making an effort to log on to an app or to a website to, to shop around and see where the cheapest prices are. Are you confident that consumers will go that extra mile, will make the effort for cheaper fuel? Well, they've got the evidence and the information there. And, and the important thing here is up until now, there's always been these apps, petrolprices.com, which is a great service, but that relies on people, uh, you and me, sending information about my local garage, what the prices are. What we're getting now with Pump Watch that the government is putting in place is real-time data, compulsory compulsory information. They have to supply 30 minutes from when they actually uh, change the prices. They must supply that information. So it's real-time, guaranteed, accurate data. Pump, price, uh, pump Petrolprices.com, great stuff, but you couldn't rely on it on being re reliable because obviously pump, people can make mistakes, etc. What we need to do is to make sure that that data is accessible on a regular basis. And your point is valid. Will they access it? I don't know. I, well, you know, you can lead a horse to water, as you know. Whether they drink out of it is another matter. It's thought the scheme could save drivers up to three pence a litre. The M20 will be closed overnight this week for resurfacing work. The stretch between junctions 7 and 8 coastbound will be shut from 8pm until 6am each night until Saturday. It comes as the M2 London bound is also closed between junctions 7 and 5 overnight. It'll also reopen on Saturday. Warhorse author Michael Morpurgo is urging the Prime Minister to pledge more money for books for young people. He started writing while teaching at a school in Canterbury. He's now joined other authors, including Jacqueline Wilson, to call for long-term investment in encouraging children from low-income families to read. You'll soon be able to visit Canterbury Cathedral for free. Bosses have announced a six-week trial to see if the idea is financially viable. More than a million people visit the historic building every year. It currently costs £17 to get in. Kent Online Sports. Some hockey news now and Team GB's men are on course to qualify for this summer's Olympics. They need to finish in the top three at a tournament in Oman to make it to the Games in Paris. They've already beaten Pakistan and Malaysia in the group stages and face China tomorrow. Holcomb midfielder Phil Roper is part of the squad. It's been a lot of fun so far. We've been out here actually quite a while now. For uh, We came out early for prep camp, uh, really get settled. We've never been to Oman before, but um, it's been a brilliant start to the tournament playing two Difficult Asian teams we don't play very often. Um, and uh, thankfully, some goals on the board and uh, two wins. I've got to ask, what was going through your head sort of after the first half last uh, last night? Or I don't know if it was last night for you. I, I can't sort of work out the time zones. Um, but when you were, when you, when, when you were, everything was square uh, after the first half? A lot of the time, it's just preparation. We've, we've, done, we've done a lot of uh, mental skills uh, approach to these tournaments when there's big pressure on it. You know, we're trying to make it to an Olympic Games. It's it's uh, you know all of our all of our dreams. Um, we we put a lot of focus on our mental skills. So knowing that uh, it might not happen in the first minute, it might not happen in the first thirty minutes, like it didn't last night. But uh, complete confidence and certainty in ourselves that um, we were going to get the job done. And of course, China next. Now um, they've also won both of their opening matches. How do you shape up um, your opponents? Yeah, I think they're strong, a bit unknown. Uh, China aren't that 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 well known of a hockey team, and especially we haven't played them very often. I think I've played them twice in my career. Um, but a, a strong team, 
everyone has to be uh, completely respected that we're playing out here. But we know that again, if we if we play how we're going to play, we have to view the bigger picture that we're going to going to come out with a win tomorrow. Ice hockey now and Kent's Invicta Dynamos have let one of their players go after violence broke out during a game last weekend. The club says Josh Condren went against their code of conduct when he raised a stick to another player. Saturday's match against Streatham had to be abandoned on safety grounds. And briefly in football, tickets for Maidstone United's FA Cup fourth round match at Ipswich go on sale today. They're travelling to take on the championship side on January the 27th after knocking League One Stevenage out of the competition. The Stones have been allocated just under four and a half thousand tickets. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.